Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Matt Silverman, the producer of Two Girls, One Podcast, here to let you know that we have another fantastic Encore episode for you. This is one we're really proud of. Um, And, uh, you know, we've got some excellent stuff in the works. We have two episodes shaping up for next week, or, you know, two interviews shaping up for, I guess you'd call it this week by the time uh, you hear this. This week or this past week, we were unable to schedule something because uh, some guests' schedules got rearranged. And then Allie uh, is, continues to travel, including going to uh, New York for one Jen Jamula's wedding to uh, her uh, beloved uh, guest of this show, Adam. So we wish them the best. Uh, it's awesome. Congratulations to Jen and Adam and their family. And in the meantime... Uh, while we're sorting out some scheduling snafus and getting some pretty awesome people back in here uh, for the following week, we thought we'd reshare this episode from October 11th, 2021, about Spanish-speaking delivery workers, sort of Uber Eats, DoorDash uh, folks, typically who are riding bikes in the uh, the Big Apple, as we like to call it here, New York City. I don't know how anyone rides a bicycle in New York City. Uh, It's quite mad, but um, this is how a lot of folks make their living. And shocker, there are really no labor protections, safety protections. Uh, The police don't seem to uh, give much of a shit about people getting injured or or um, their their rights, uh, labor rights abused. And so. the uh, community of delivery workers took it upon themselves to create a Facebook group to uh, communicate about safety hazards, unsafe work practices, accidents, uh, labor abuses. And uh, by banding together, not a union per se, but um, banding together to protect each other, um, they're using Facebook and probably other platforms by this point to look out for one another, to protect each other, to protect the profession. And we found that very interesting. Of course, we do not speak Spanish fluently. Uh, Ali, uh, you know, speaks a little bit more than than Lindsay and I do. But um, we recruited uh, her Spanish teacher, uh, whose whose name is Santiago. He was amazing. He was able to translate this interview for us. So it was the first, you know, non-English interview, the only non-English interview we've done for this show. And there were a lot of moving parts. It was very complicated to put together. Uh, but it came together really well, and we were really happy about it and proud to shine a light on a community that deserves our respect uh, because gosh damn uh, getting your hamburger in uh, 20 minutes from DoorDash is a miracle but it takes the effort of some amazing people to to bring it to you and uh, we want to make sure that they're okay so this is uh, the delivery boys of the Big Apple Facebook group October 11th 2021 Uh, a lifetime ago, but we hope you'll enjoy this excellent interview and other shenanigans, and we will be back at you next week with some fresh piping hot episodes from the oven that is the internet. For now, enjoy. We now return to Two Girls, One Podcast, delivering lukewarm episodes to your ears each week, and forgetting the extra guac every time. And now here are the only podcast hosts who wear a helmet during every recording session, 
Lindsay Ford and Alison Goldberg. Hey friends, I'm Allie. And I'm Lindsay. And we're your hosts, the hosts of Two Girls One Podcast. We also have Matt here. Oh. Hey. Oh, wow. I we know, just I know. so quickly. I just want to, you know, when people think I'm going to zig, I like to zag, you know? Mm. <laughs> Boom. So we found out about a, a Facebook page with thousands of members. I believe it's called Los Delivery Boys de la mm-hmm. Gran Manzana. So it's Delivery Boys of the Big Apple. And we'll find out, but I think they are essentially you know, they've built this online community to help each other out and fill the gaps that their employers and the NYPD won't. (laughs) So helping each other, warning each other about safety issues. I think they've even escorted each other over bridges to make deliveries. Um, Mm. Longtime listeners know I've talked about learning ukulele for a good two years, which means I pick it up, I strum three chords, and I think, wow, that was fun. I should do this more often. And then I pick it up again in another three to six months. In quarantine, I did actually start learning Spanish and my Spanish tutor is gonna be our translator today (laughs) oh my gosh Allie I did not realize that Santiago was your Spanish tutor wait really I'm so excited he's wonderful if you are thinking of taking Spanish hit him up okay more plugs so my childhood friend Tony um, is I believe a co-founder of Ripe, so R Y P E A P P dot com, and it matches you with the real live person. So I used Tony's website and found Santiago, and he is delightful. And I joke that we're great friends. I just pay him to hang out with me. <laughs> um, and does yeah. this app match you with people specifically to teach you another language? Yeah, I mean, you browse teachers, but you can... I don't have my ripe talking points ready. I'm so sorry, <laughs> Tony, if you listen to this episode. But basically, there's a wide variety of languages that are serviced on this. It's an app. It's I use the website version, but it's been great. That's so. I met Santiago through it. I schedule my lessons through it. Um, and it's been really fun. I think I, I am the type of person where I need a tutor or I won't actually do it. So <laughs> when I finally started scheduling him twice a week, it's been really fun. Cause it's such a concrete thing to see improvement in, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, I couldn't say this thing. Now I can practicar nuestra español juntos. Well, see, sí. <laughs> and we might be practicing today in this podcast. <laughs> so we'll see. But yeah, so excited for everyone to sort of meet my Spanish teacher. That's so great. Yeah, yeah. he's delightful. I tell him all about my dates. He gives me advice. <laughs> Do you tell uh, them all about your dates in Spanish? Yeah, yeah. <gasps> What's wow. funny though is like the first time I like really spoke to him in English and he was like, <laughs> I forget exactly what he said, but it was basically like, wow, you have a lot of personality. And I was like, yeah, in English, I have a lot of personality. In Spanish, I'm like a three-year-old. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I had a friend once so. tell me, so I started learning Spanish when I was 11 or 12. How old are you in the seventh grade? I started learning Spanish in seventh grade because I went to and she a was summer the same camp. size that she is now. 
<laughs> true facts. Honestly, true facts. Same height, different pant size. Um, but I, I learned it because there were a lot of Spanish speaking other campers. So they were campers from the Dominican Republic, from Colombia, from Mexico, and we would all hang out and play together. And so I learned Spanish from all these, you know, honestly, fairly rich people from these other countries. And so I've been learning it for a long time. So I know a lot of things, but then I switched to like learning school Spanish, which is like very, you know, proper Spanish or whatever. And one time last, like a, a couple of summers ago, I was hanging out with some people from Spanish speaking countries and they're like, oh yeah, your Spanish is good. You kind of just sound like a fancy baby though. <laughs> Cause I say everything like too correctly and I don't have any <laughs> slang and I I have a very neutral like newscaster accent in Spanish. So I don't sound like American, but I don't sound like, you know, I'm casually from Puerto Rico or something. I'm going to start calling you fancy baby now. I was oh, going to say, uh, check yeah, out the merch that works shop. For you. Yeah. I sound like a fancy baby. <laughs> but only when I'm speaking Spanish. No, I relate to that because also I'm like, hola. <laughs> Me, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I'm a fancy baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. We'll we'll do our best, but we'll leave the heavy lifting up to Santiago. Oh, mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> He's doing the work today. Um, <laughs> I think it's time for that trivia, friends. Today's trivia is about delivery workers. And we all know that when you are really fucking hungry, the delivery driver is your personal hero. Am I right? Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I have three stories of legit delivery worker heroism. (gasps) One of these amazing stories is real from the news. Two, I made up from my own brain. Okay. Which is the true story of delivery workers saving the day? Is it A, a man ordered Domino's pizza almost every single day for years One day, his orders stopped coming in, and the delivery workers at Domino's knew something was up, so they went to his house, and they found him in distress, and they called 911 and saved his life. That is choice A. Oh, okay. Or, or We need these options today. These are the options we need. Yeah. Get ready. Exactly. A Chinese food delivery driver heard rhythmic tapping coming from inside (laughs) a customer's shed. Every time he delivered food, after hearing the same patterns, after the third delivery, he felt something was wrong. He called nine one one. Authorities found a missing woman who had been locked up for almost Uh, a year. Wow, this is like a creepy pasta. You know what I mean? It could have been ten, twelve years. Yeah. Yep, yep. A year. Okay, well, let's lock mm-hmm. Allie up for a year and see how she feels. Oh, wait, <laughs> I'm just we did saying, that, those and stories... she can't stop talking about how horrible it was the whole time. <laughs> My point is, those stories are often even worse. Let's it's continue. <laughs> see, an Uber Eats driver was delivering Thai food to a regular customer. When she answered the door, it was clear that she was in labor. Her water had <gasps> broken, but she was all alone. Rather than call 911, the driver helped her to his car, rushed her to the hospital, where she gave birth to a healthy baby boy and named it after the driver. <laughs> oh my gosh, I think C. I oh. hope it's a baby boy story. Oh my gosh, the baby, I love the fancy baby. Those stories. Fancy baby. <laughs> that is a fancy baby. Those stories were really heartwarming in a time of distress and despair. Hmm. 
I am gonna go with, I mean, A sounds really plausible, but I feel like the real answer maybe has some twists and turns. So, wow, but B is so dark. I'm yeah. gonna go with I'm gonna go with A because I just yeah I'm gonna go with A. Wait, okay. Before we reveal, I just want have we talked about my ex's son on this podcast and now it's amazing that he's alive because he only what? eats French fries from McDonald's and cheese pizza from Pizza Hut. Those are <laughs> exclusively his whole food groups. <sighs> so <sighs> if something happened to him, this would be how his life got saved. <laughs> It's amazing. Like, A is definitely how his life uh, will get saved. A few issues with that story, which we can dig into at another time. (laughs) (laughs) I look forward to that. So, Allie goes with A, Domino's Pizza every day, and then something was amiss. Uh, Lindsay Manuel Miranda goes with C, Uber Eats, (laughs) and the, the, the hospital delivery. We will find out the correct answer after this commercial break. Thank you so much to the following fine fancy babies for delivering your love to us every month in the form of money ten dollars or more patreon.com slash 2g1p the best form of love it's true the only form of love no okay wesley cordell (laughs) jerry duran jessica fox kathy phillips matthew scott melissa elliott william Thanks, y'all. We really appreciate it. So much, because the pandemic rages on and the world is collapsing. Patreon.com slash 2G1P. And now a real advertisement entitled Country Boy Uber in Red Oak, Texas. From the only rideshare network with even less worker protection than Uber itself, Craigslist. Screw Uber. It's Friday night. Don't drink and drive. Message me and I'll come and get you in a 2000 Ford F-250 4x4 with a case of beer and a cooler in the back. Blasting Skinner on the speakers and I'll holler hell yeah brother at everything you say. Skinnerd has always kind of scared me because they like legit have the Confederate flag on their <laughs> albums. And I'm like, yikes and a half. Yeah, he's but, trying to uh, market to a specific clientele. But um, I uh, I think this could be a good story. You know, I'm always in it for the story. I mean, if I'm already drunk and someone's offering me a free beer, I'll probably say yes. So like, let's get a beer with our ride home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what could go wrong? We'll end up like option B, where we're locked in a closet for a year. Let's hear those trivia answers. What What is the real story of a delivery worker or a delivery team saving the day? Allie went with uh, the guy ordering Domino's pizza every day for years, then he stopped ordering. And then they checked on him and he was uh, in trouble. That was choice A. Nobody chose the darkest answer, Chinese food delivery driver who heard a tap, tap, tapping. I'm, I'm making these sounds as I as I do it. I know. Uh, and it was a woman locked in a shed for a year. Nobody chose that. Uh, Lindsay chose C, Uber Eats, uh, helping to get a, a woman in labor to the fancy hospital. Baby. And the baby, the fancy baby, was named mm-hmm. after him. Mm-hmm. It's Everyone's probably sticking. the second one, but I hope it's not. Yeah, we chose based on hope. <laughs> the correct answer is... 
A. Ah! Dominoes to the rescue. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. To be fair, if we looked hard enough, I bet every single one of these is true. Even though they came from the mind of Matt. <laughs> you know, that's I a bet good we could find very close to yeah. exactly these three Everything things. Everything has already been done, which makes mm-hmm. life hard as an artist, to be honest. But anyway, I'm glad that it was A. Kirk Alexander of Salem, Oregon. Truly ordered Domino's Pizza, according to uh, the workers there. He orders every day or every other day, and he would order online. So the workers would be like, oh, here's Kirk's order. You know, it'd pop up on the screen. They would see it all the time. And they knew him. You know, he was a buddy. And then uh, they they noticed that he just, the orders were not coming in. They would come in all every day, and they just would not come in. And after... 11 days they were like something's not right and they went over there Ooh, and it i took guess 11 they, days yeah which he is could be a dead long and time. decayed by then that's yeah exactly fortunately was not uh but you know <laughs> super creepy they they went there and it's like the lights were on the tv was on but like nobody was you know in the living room watching tv it's like something happened here and I, it's not clear from the news articles like what his medical issue was but he was clearly in distress calling for help and uh and they called for help and saved his life oh my gosh i love that this was back in um 2016 oh the best year of all time <laughs> the last the last year the last, the last year, year pre dystopia <laughs> <laughs> before but, uh, we took I a like... full on head dive yeah. into into this. Yeah, but I like the I like that story of people helping people. And speaking of people helping people, we got Santiago helping us to talk about the delivery boys helping each other. Let's do this. Just a little disclaimer. This interview was done differently than our other interviews, so the audio will sound different. Um, we did it through Zoom for a variety of reasons. Why didn't I invest in Zoom in 2019? And you will hear two different voices, Sergio, our interviewee, and also my fabulous Spanish teacher who's translating for us, Santiago. If you want to learn Spanish, hit me up. I'll give you his contact info. All right. We are so excited to have Sergio Solano here. He is one of the founders of the Facebook page, Delivery Boys of the Gran Manzana, a.k.a. the Big Apple. (laughs) So, Sergio, how long have you been working as a bike delivery person? Having working here in New York for about 12 years in delivery. Okay. And how and why did you start the Facebook page? Okay, so uh, generally it's been because of so many robberies that there have been in the street and so many accidents with the delivery police. Have you ever been involved in one of these, like an accident or a robbery or an uncomfortable situation like that? Yeah, in both, in accidents and also in robberies. Wow. And so what happened that you, how did you start the group? So the group started after some mar- some protests or marches that we did uh, with the delivery boys. Okay. Well, what were the marches? What happened? So the marches were uh, about demanding, so they were demanding security and a stop to the robberies. And they were doing this uh, first to the precinct and then uh, with the city hall. So the police were not helping when things like this would happen. You would get hit by a car, you'd get robbed. The police weren't helping? 
Yeah, so the police hasn't done a lot, so this is why we have uh, been trying to support one another. Well, that's a shocker. Cool. Okay, so the police haven't supported, so generally when I have really big issues and no one will support me, I turn... Yeah, Facebook seems like... Anyway, I, I don't... <laughs> This is so upsetting. Okay. Do you use the page kind of like Nextdoor, how people use the Nextdoor app? So there are things that happen and the community will be faster at addressing it and helping than the police would be. Yeah, so I could say that we use Nextdoor. Uh, sorry, we use the Facebook page in a similar way as you would use Nextdoor because it's faster uh, to reach out to people. Yeah. So he runs the page with his uncles, is that correct? Okay, yeah, so we are six people and we have my cousin who is the administrator, but it's a team effort and uh, we are the moderators of the face page, Facebook page. So did he really enjoy yesterday when it went down? I know that's dating us, but was that just like a really great day for him? Yeah, so we didn't have any communication with Facebook and uh, we didn't even have communication through WhatsApp because we also have a WhatsApp group and we usually receive alerts through there, but we have no communication at all. But then at the end of the day, when uh, WhatsApp and Facebook were back, we had all of the alerts that were missing from the day. Oh, wow. How many alerts came in at once at the end? Yeah, so many alerts that came at once. Some were really important, but others that were not as important. So how many members are in the Facebook group? And can you tell us how it grew? At the beginning, he didn't know how, how fast and how big the group was going to be. And at the beginning, he uh, had a thousand members for the first month, and then it continued growing. So the next month they have 2,000, and now they have over, he now has 28,000 people in the group. Wow. How many of those people are active participants? Yeah, so it's a number that varies. It really depends on the people and also on the schedules. Since this group, have you been able to organize something like safety or someone to be in contact with the police when things do happen? Yeah, so we have been organizing um, work with the police uh, more recently. Uh, in terms of uh, safety about biking, and we have started to register the bicycles with the police. Oh, cool. So what are all the different ways that the members of the group help each other? So they help recover stolen bikes. What are all the ways that they help? Okay, so another way is when some, um, with, when some other delivery boys get in an accident, uh, we help them by keeping their bikes and also calling the ambulance if they need it. Is someone documenting all of these sort of interactions or is the Facebook page kind of where that living document is? Yeah, uh, more than anything, uh, what we do is that we keep record through videos or live videos that the delivery boys send us and then we keep it on Facebook. And do you also share tips in the Facebook group to help each other out, to help each other avoid certain intersections? What are the different tips that you share? Yes, so we share all that and also we share advice on 
basic personal safety, like, you know, helmets and all things like that. And so I know you mentioned that you've gone to the police and they haven't really done anything. Have the delivery boys also been trying to get help from their employers? And if so, what has happened? So to be honest, because we are working with apps, with delivery apps, it is very difficult for us to get in contact with the managers or the people that run the restaurants or the app directly. Interesting. Mm. So he's kind of like Batman, you know what I mean? Where he's taken justice into his own hands. Is that right? No, <laughs> yeah, so definitely uh, we don't do justice uh, ourselves. <laughs> uh, moreover, what we do is just support each other and have all the proofs necessary for when the police arrive. But we never fight for ourselves. We just support each other. Also, I think it's interesting that, that you don't take justice into your own hands and also smart and safe. I'm also wondering, like, I think there should be a click counter for how many bikes are recovered because it feels like bikes get stolen a lot, but hopefully now they're getting recovered more. Do you know how many bikes that Los Delivery Boys has helped recover? Okay, so really it's very few out of the ones that get stolen. For instance, probably about 10 out of 100 bikes. Oh no! <laughs> That's kind of high, yeah. <laughs> okay, so is there something that the world can do? If the bikes are registered, you're registering them now. Can you have, you know, people who order delivery a lot? This is how you can help out. These are the bikes that are missing. Look for them. Let us know when you see them. Is there a way that people can do that? Yeah, so uh, it's mostly, you know, just relying on people, reporting them when they see them. But the most important thing is having a way to prove that that bicycle is yours. Like if you have if you have it registered, then it's probably easier uh, to retrieve it once you find it or locate it. But if you know that that's your bike, but you don't have a way to prove that it's your bike, then it's going to be very, very difficult. I would engrave my name onto my bike. Has he has he tried that? <laughs> yeah, well, the, the problem is that most of the bikes are very identical. They're very similar to each other. And the only way to distinguish them is by their serial number. And so, yeah, it's very difficult if they all look like they're, they're similar. The best way to mark your territory is to pee on it. So I want to know if you've tried that. <laughs> yeah, so one of the ways to do that is that uh, all the bikes have a plastic wrap. And so that's one of the ways that we can make sure that they look different. Ooh. <laughs> oh, so you don't hacer la pipi on it. Because that would be wild. It was, that was great. I, I hope the listeners can hear the translation as well. Okay. I also saw on the Facebook page a safety campaign to get more delivery boys to wear helmets. So are there other campaigns that you have led that are just about, you know, helping protect the community? Yeah, so other things that we have been trying to do is to promote a campaign where people actually respect the traffic lights. Uh, and also we have a lot of people here who really like to party and drink. So we, we remind them and we encourage them not to drive while they're drunk. <laughs> ah, okay. Okay. Well, speaking of things that people like, what do you like the most about being a delivery boy? Okay. So what I really like the most is that I get to go out on the street and go around places that are really interesting. I really like to take in the scenery, the landscapes, the street murals, 
And uh, like the clearest example is when I go through Times Square and and you can see all the lights, all the billboards, all the the things that you can see that are very famous, like museums and touristic places. So that's that's great. Oh wow! I've never met someone who lives in New York and says that Times Square is one of their favorite places. That's cool. It's interesting. I've never gone through Times Square on a bike though, so now I will try it. Probably not. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, and we also really like to go through Central Park, which has a much op more open space that we can go through. So recently there was massive flooding in New York, and I was wondering how the Facebook page helped the delivery boys out during that time of extreme weather. Because I saw insane videos of delivery boys on bikes in like four feet of water. Basically swimming. <laughs> yeah, with their bike. Yeah, so the only thing that we could do was to alert people about places where that were really flooded. And if we saw that it was impossible to get there, then we would alert them not to go there and to get back. And uh, yeah, there were also some zones that were near the river that where uh, the, the water level was really high. And so we would alert. Yeah, another thing was that many of people's bikes are electrical, so they were damaged because of the water, because it got into the electrical part. Oh, oh wow. That's not good. I mean, first of all, being a delivery boy sounds very difficult. Just starting off having to ride your bike around New York City, <laughs> that seems impossible. I actually, in quarantine, I discovered my love for biking in New York City because I didn't want to get on the subway. Just sharing, just sharing. Well, also there weren't that many cars because it was quarantine. Oh no, there were cars. Oh, <laughs> yikes, yikes and a half. I, you, just have to act, you just have to act like a car, you know what I mean? Like mm -mm. my instinct is to be timid, but that's what's not safe. You just gotta be like, I'm a car. And the, the, but the tr actually, I find it less scary than LA because the traffic is so bad in New York that the cars really aren't going very fast. Mm, you know what I mm -hmm, mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But anyway, but being a delivery boy sounds insane. And I wanted to ask, why do you think that the police and the employers are not helping? Why did you have to take this into your own hands? That's mm, okay. The the app really doesn't care uh, about you. They only care about their personal interests. When you ask them for help or something, they just say, "Oh, I'm sorry, but I cannot help you," or they don't do anything else. Like they they cannot help you with any bills or any uh, uh, expenses. And so it's really hard because they just care about their own business. And then with the police, it's kind of similar because they cannot do much. The only thing they can do is that they can come and document what happened, but um, that's it. They cannot do much. The police, why can't they do much? Yeah, so the police, the only thing they can do is that they can catch the people who steal their, their, their bikes. Uh, but the second part is that the judge will, will be the one who will decide how grave uh, the felony is. And so that's why the police cannot do much. So the police just don't think it's a serious enough situation? Yeah, so if they see that it's not something serious, they're not going to do much. If they see that someone is hurt, then, then in that moment they might take it seriously. But if not, they see it as something minor. If you don't want to answer this, you don't have to, but I assume that a lot of delivery boys are undocumented. So do they feel like they can't go to the police? Mm. 
Well, yeah, in all seriousness, uh, some of the delivery boys are not documented, so it's a personal fear that they decide not to go to the police because uh, they don't have any documents, so this can be a problem for them. That's terrible. Well, is there something that the community outside of the delivery boys could do, like people who use delivery services? What can we do to help? Well, it's just a suggestion. It's not something we can really ask for people of people, but uh, just be patient. When your food doesn't arrive on time, it's not always uh, the delivery boy's fault. Uh, they might be transiting through a place that uh, maybe uh, has a problem or they might have an accident. So uh, just be patient. In an ideal world, would the police step up or would the apps take more responsibility for their workers? Well, the biggest responsibility would be on the app or the businesses. Yeah, so businesses really need to take more responsibility because our delivery boy's life is very important. So they need to take this with all seriousness. I agree. You hear that, Uber Eats? DoorDash, get it together. Okay, so your group is very cool and awesome and doing a lot of good work. Building out your community from the Facebook group, have you been able to meet a lot of other delivery workers in real life? Yeah, so thank you. thanks to all the people that interact in the Facebook page, he has been able to meet a lot of people. And um, yeah, so again, he has met many people uh, who share like you know similar experiences and uh, in fact this Friday they have a social gathering um, in Manhattan in the 125th and 1st Avenue Ooh. where they're going to share you know we uh, testimony and their experiences about what things they have been experiencing and also what ways they can support each other I love that. That's great. Amazing. Thank you so much Sergio <laughs> and thank you so much Santiago. Muchas gracias. <laughs> so I'm really glad that uh, we were able to do this today. And thank you so much for your interest and for hearing us. I was talking to my friends and we were uh, talking about how important it is for us to be heard and to share this. Muchísimas gracias, Sergio. Hey, everyone. I don't know if Matt's going to keep that in the edit later, but uh, if you didn't hear, Lindsay had to run. That whore. So it's just me. Oh, and Matt, he's still here, too. He's still here. We're holding down the fort. Um, Well, that interview was great. Um, My favorite part, I think, was how even in the context of these horrible things, Sergio was still very polite about, like, you know, if you can, I understand if you can't, but like, please be patient with your delivery boys. And I'm like, that's oh, the yeah. simplest ask, you know, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but, the least we right? like, come on. But it is interesting, right? I mean, we're just also in our own worlds. Like I remember in when I was living in New York, how people would like get so annoyed when their deliveries were late. And it's like, you're literally just sitting home anyway. Like I don't, <laughs> but um, yeah, so you heard it here. Uh, if they're late, they're going through some shit. So, um, yeah, Matt, did you have any thoughts on that? I I felt the same way. Um, and also it just reminded me of the horror. Like I don't live in, I have never lived in New York city, but I've worked there, uh, for a number of years and 
the idea of riding a bicycle, the idea of walking through Manhattan is a horrifying concept because <laughs> it is just so many cars and people not caring about what the fuck anyone else is doing and you will be run over. And so the idea of making a living on a bike like that and getting things to people uh, is extraordinary. It's dangerous. Uh, and my hat is off to them because they they keep the city going. Um, well, what's really frustrating to me is um, these, you know, DoorDash, these Uber Eats, these apps have shit tons of money. And I understand that the delivery people are, you know, independent contractors technically, but, you know, to not provide that safety, I, I yeah. wish there was some way to pressure the companies. Like, I understand the police should, the, the, the police thing is tricky, right? Because, like, I kind of get it. Like, they're dealing with, like, I don't know, murder. And then someone's like, my bike was <laughs> stolen. And so they, like, don't right. really care. But, yeah. like, th I really think the company is, like, come on. It would cost you so little to protect yeah. the people who are literally providing your, your... Well, okay, first there's the making of the food. And then I would say the next part, the course, a course service after that is getting the food to you. <laughs> so... It really and is also, the whole thing, actually, because the restaurants yes. make the food. The only thing they do is get the food to you. <laughs> yes. Like DoorDash, and, right? So, And there's all this reporting uh, over the last couple of years and certainly during the pandemic of like, if you or, you know, oh, I'm supporting my favorite restaurant and being safe by doing DoorDash. Uh, restaurants make jack shit on a DoorDash order. You're not supporting anything. DoorDash gets all the money. Uh, and, and restaurants like make very little profit or take a loss because they just want to remind people that they exist and we're only ordering in the apps. It's a whole... Wait, but then you're saying that we shouldn't order from the apps and then the delivery boys should work individually for restaurants the whole ecosystem uh, is kind of complicated yeah I, I don't know what the answer is i mean that sounds good to me but um yeah the, the these apps are problematic in a variety of ways including what you just uh, laid out too so it's you know whoa this super shocking capitalism un unchecked with you know these these employees having no rights or you know, no recourse. Not capitalism needs to just sit down. <laughs> I actually, I don't, I just think like, uh, I don't think cap capitalism is fundamentally problematic, but I think there needs to be like consci conscious long-term capitalism. Yeah, That's course. a whole other story. But um, yep. there was this amazing video that went viral around the same time we were scheduling this interview during the hurricane and the flooding in Manhattan, I think oh it was God. AOC tweeted a video. Someone tweeted a video of a delivery person on a bike trudging through like four feet of water to get that person their food. But it was interesting because what was cool is it went viral being like, can we find out the identity of this person to oh, send wow. them money? But oh, it's just wow. like. People don't even, uh, I was actually, this was something I was upset about during the pandemic. Like I had some friends that were just having absolutely everything delivered to them and wouldn't see anyone. And I'm like, do you understand how privileged it is that you can get everything delivered? Cause someone sure. else is, has to deliver that to your door. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's like the audacity of even like ordering that in the middle of a hurricane when it's like, you know, the only way it gets to you is by someone. Cause frankly, even driving in that weather was not safe. Oh, like. This guy's like out, I mean, obviously delivering something, but like during a hurricane, like, yeah, he's like delivering it, a bowl of ramen. Shut it down. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I did not see that video, but I, but of course, saw like, you know, 
rivers of water gushing yeah. into subway stations. Oh, that video and being was like, insane. I was like, I don't miss that city at all. No. Oh my god, especially like when the the video of water pouring through Twenty Third Street or Twenty Eighth Street or something station, yeah, yeah, which I used to go get off at every day, and um. I was like, because there's nothing grosser than subway water. I mean, that water is full of like rat feces and cockroaches. Like there's that's nothing the grosser than, than water. subways. This is the the one of the mech, you know, the 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 meccas of the world, the the most affluent city of the world. And as a lifelong New Yorker, again, never lived in Manhattan or Brooklyn or any of the boroughs, but like go there often for a variety of reasons. New York City is sucks it is dis- it is a disgusting city and then you go to any other city <laughs> in the world europe you know california whatever and you're like oh oh we don't have to have feces on the street we don't have to have rats and trash everywhere oh wow what's this like i can't i didn't notice when i lived in new york but now living in la <laughs> going back to new york i notice like the walls of trash and how trash. it kind of smells like urine everywhere but I don't know. I also love that city. It's crazy. That mm-hmm. city is Stockholm Syndrome. You live there and you yeah. love your captor. It's crazy. I know. I know. I get it. I get it. Anyway, well, we got to head out. So um, please tip your delivery boys. Um, mm-hmm. And if you have any thoughts on this episode, you can tweet me. I'm at Allie underscore Goldie. Lindsay is at The Lindsay Life. Actually, those are our handles across platforms. You can also visit patreon.com slash 2G1P to help us out. First tip the delivery boys and then us. <laughs> uh, and let's see, you can leave us a voicemail. We deliver that- content. Yeah. We deliver your content in a timely manner. From the comfort of my bedroom. Uh, <laughs> so if if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, that number is 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6 You can also email us. That email is 2G1podcast at gmail.com. And we look forward to hearing from you. See you next time. Two Girls, One Podcast is hosted by Allison Goldberg and Lindsay Ford. Then delivered to your very ears by Matt Silverman in New York City. Additional editing by Abital Ayler. Production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. The Podglomerate. A sonic universe. Screw Uber.